So Acts chapter 16, I just want to read this. I actually shared this text two Sundays ago, um, and I want to just read through it very quickly and uh, do a quick breakdown so that we can see how God is speaking to the church uh, as it is growing and becoming uh, the people that God has called to himself. In Acts chapter 16, you've got uh, t- uh, Paul and Silas, and they grab Timothy, and they're continuing to just to do the ministry, ministering and planting churches, and they're moving about through all the different regions. And uh, we come to verse 6, and it says, they uh, went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, uh, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit. So having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. It's just such an interesting thing. I wish we had more time to unpack that. Maybe we'll do that at some other time. But it's worth seeing that they're in the act of going out and sharing, and they're ready to just share the love of God. And then he says, no, I don't want you to go to this place yet. And when they had come upon Mysia, they attempted to go uh, into Bithynia, uh, but the spirit of Jesus did not allow them again. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas, and, as a, uh, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. So a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into, go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, I think this text is one of many that helps to just answer the question, is God speaking to us in our everyday Lives Is he speaking into the details of our lives? And the answer is either one, no, God's not. God, Paul the apostles, Paul and the apostles were a special group of people. And there's no evidence that Jesus intended for the Holy Spirit to guide regular Christians like you and me uh, by his Holy Spirit on a daily basis. That, this is one way you can look at the scripture. And I think it's actually, I think sadly, a way that the church has seen and understood this, that the, whole, the apostles had special ability to hear the heart of God, hear from the Holy Spirit, but that that is no longer available uh, to you and me. So that's one view, or the second view is, yes, the New Testament is actually giving us a guide as to how God is speaking to his people, showing us. And so those are the two uh, questions, or that's the main question, those are the two responses we get to come to from this text, is God continuing to speak to his church in these ways, giving them insight. Yes, I no, I don't want you to go here. Yes, I do want you to go here. By the way, if you weren't here two weeks ago, we just got to see Paul's in the middle of the night. He is awakened and he has a vision. He's not asleep because when you're asleep, you have a vision. It's called a dream. Those are different. There's a different word for dreams. He has a vision. So he wakes up. There's no angel in the room with him. He just has a picture. He just gets a picture of a man in Macedonia saying, would you come here and tell us? So they get up, they talk to the guys. And what does it say here? Concluding verse, uh, you can look back at verse 10. Immediately we start to go on into Macedonia, concluding oh, what the, the, the Greek word here is reasoning, meaning we got the, I got this picture, God showed me, 
we came together, we talked about it, and we reasoned that this vision that I had, this picture that I had, was the heart of God saying, I want you to go into Macedonia to preach the gospel. That was what was taking place there. And so what we get to do is come here. We get to go, listen, the Bible becomes the supreme authority over our life, the written scriptures, right? That no one's writing or adding to the scriptures any longer. That's what the God did through the apostles. He anchored that truth. That has been set in stone. It's immovable now. The scripture is the supreme authority over our lives. But the spirit of God is going to come and take the word and then make it alive to us in regular everyday experiences, moments where we're asking these questions. God, should we go here? God, should we go here? I asked the question a couple weeks ago. How many of you have felt led to move out here? Because nobody's from here. Not one, not a one of you is from, is it, no, actually, uh, Allison alone is the only one. Oh yeah. Yes. We got a couple. Okay. Tracy. All right. We have like two people that are actually from this area. The rest of us moved here in like the last 12 seconds. And, um, and we're glad to be here. And many of us would say, we believe the Lord led us. So we're good with the idea of God leading us to like who we're supposed to marry and where we're supposed to move. And all we're saying is we believe that the spirit of God does more than just tell you where to move and what job to take, that he's speaking in everyday moments to our hearts. And all he's going to do is authenticate what is planted in the word and make it alive to us. And I think part of being truly free is being connected in with that source. Not think, that's actually what the scripture is saying. To be connected in with God in a very real way. Not knowing principles about God, but knowing the God of the Bible in intimate ways and being directed by his heart in regular everyday lives. And so the spirit of God that we see all throughout the New Testament is here to give us direction. He's here to, to remind us when it's, when, when, it, when we're asking questions about how to minister to others or when we need wisdom, you have scriptures over and over. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he's saying, hey, pers just pursue love, but desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. We have instruction, encouragement, and James says, if you're lacking wisdom, would you ask God? Meaning, you need wisdom. I need wisdom. If you feel like you don't have it, ask God for it, and he will What? Give it to you. Meaning there is a real vibrant coming to God that he wants and longs for all of us to have with him, that kind of relationship. And so we got to talk about that a couple weeks ago. If you didn't get a chance to hear that, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that just because we use the scripture. The scripture gets to define our lives. So the scripture is the one speaking these things. And then I want to remind you that if uh, two years ago, two years ago in May of 2021, I did a seven part series on hearing the heart voice of God. What does that mean? What does that look like? We got to break it down, look at the scripture. It's all on our podcast. You go to Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcasts, go back and listen to those as well. Today, what I want to do is just speak in practical terms and just have a real conversation about what that actually looks like. And I'm so thrilled to invite my wife, Megan Robertson. You guys help me bring her up here. Right. Uh, we like to do this here um, on a regular basis. We like to sit down and just have conversations 
about the power of what the scripture is saying to us. And so I've asked Megan to come. I, 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 one, I ask her, um, certainly she's my wife, but again, as I said uh, a couple times ago, whenever we had Megan up here before, um, she, as much as anyone I've ever known, walks in a real and vibrant relationship with the Lord. And two, what I want to keep doing is pulling down the idea that the people that hear from God are the people that stand on the platforms, the professional Christians who get paid to do the job. I want to just destroy that lie that God is only speaking to the guys that yell and scream from platforms and that he's not declaring his goodness to each and every one of us who have access to the father through Christ. Amen. All right. Hey, thanks for being here. Um, <laughs> um, I would love to hear just your personal journey. I know you didn't grow up necessarily with, in an, with an identity of being able to hear the voice of the Lord and what that means and looks like. And so I'd love to hear, kind of hear, or I'd love for us to be able to hear your story of learning to hear God's voice. Yes, I grew up in a church that did not teach that God still speaks. How many of, just if you would be brave, how many of you are the same? Yeah, like 50% of the room. Um, <clears throat> so I... I, I did not grow up being taught that in my church. They didn't necessarily come right out and say God doesn't speak anymore, but it was like never taught or highlighted or um, encouraged really. And so it just was counter though to my experience with God. There was something going on that was different than, um, and, and I would say more than what I was being taught in church. And, um, and so I'm so thankful for my church. My parents had me going to church when I was little. And so I would say to all of you who got up and came in the snow today, well done. And especially the ones that have your kids because um, there was a lot going on in my household, but uh, God's word, I fell in love with it when I was in third grade. I, I really did like um, his word at the Bible. I just, I loved it immediately. And um, it just became like my safe place. Like I would open it and was like, oh, this feels safe. This feels Right, and, um, and so, yeah, I just um, was so like fascinated with just the awe and wonder that I would read about of God and like the stories, like my, my heart as a child just believed it. It was just like, wow, like God, like, you know, I talk to my kids all the time, like he made like our eyeball. Like just think of one little thing he did and then think of everything else he does that we could never even attempt to sniff at doing, you know? And so I was just all in, in awe and wonder of him. And then um, what was also happening behind the scenes for me was that the Lord was just really in pursuit of my heart. And when I think back over my whole story, he was really pursuing me ahead of things that would happen circumstantially where I would need to know that he was right there with me. And so I think we can all look back if we were intentional and just look about look at how God's faithfulness was so um, obvious. And if you've never spent time like specifically doing that, that's something that I actually like love to do on a regular basis because it just stirs up my faith and stirs up my gratitude and um, just humility for how he rescued me. But that's like what he was in the process of doing. He was giving me this grid and picture of him that was different than what my circumstances felt like. And he was doing that because I knew his word, I learned his character. And because I believed his word, I knew that I was a daughter. And out of that grid, then I would have these encounters with him. And so like, for me, that looked like dreams and visions. Now there is, um, if you, if you wanna dig a little bit more specifically, which I won't, but just for like 20 seconds, I'll say that um, in Ephesians, I, it is, I think, yeah, four through 13. 
um, the word outlines how different people are wired. And so there's, um, you know, the fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teachers. And we're all called to walk in all of those because Jesus walks in all of those. But sometimes you're wired in one more than the other. And I do lean toward the prophetic side. And so the things that I'm gonna describe are through the grid of someone who sees, like, that's the way God wired me. So I think that's important to know as well. Um, So yeah, that was kind of how I started. Um, So can you maybe outline just some key moments or times, things that took place where you began to go like, and this is not just my voice Mm -hmm. in my head, but this is the voice of the Lord in my life. Yeah, the reason I can confidently say that is because, two reasons. One is because um, the things that he would show me in our encounters, and I'll describe a little bit more what an encounter, what I mean when I say that, would be different than what my circumstances on earth looked like. So I was experiencing a lot of really difficult things, but like in the spirit realm, (laughs) he was taking me to another place where it was like, you have, heaven is open over you. You have an inheritance. There's abundance. Um, It doesn't look like lack here with me. Like it's clear air and um, confusion would be gone. And it's like the fruit was good. And what happened was my heart started to love God more. That's what you wanna look for when you're hearing God speak to you is that you're, the fruit of it is his kingdom is glorified in my heart. His kingdom is being glorified in other people's hearts. And the fruit makes my heart, like the fruit of it is my heart is being transformed and changed from what it was to something higher and better. And um one example I have shared before is that um, I was a little girl and I was experiencing a lot of fear in my circumstances, but I would have this um, vision, which that is biblical, by the way. Dreams and visions are biblical. And if you want to look at it, um, I encourage you to. And even if you need to wrestle with it, I would encourage you to wrestle because I do believe that the Lord's truth will prevail in that area and you will come out clean on the other end if you wrestle with it through the word. Like, don't just listen to what you've heard cynical people say. Like, actually read the word and, and see what it says because he does talk a lot about it. In fact, I have like a list of 30 scriptures here and I might buzz through a couple of those in a minute because I do think it's so important to just um, frame it out in a safe way and God's word is the authority and that's where we find our anchor and our safety. But um, he isn't only speaking the words on the page, like they will all line up with that. But um, anyways, so one of the things that he would do for me consistently is take me into this vision with him where he would Um, give me a picture that I was royalty to him. And that was important for me at that age. He wasn't building a self-focus or a narcissistic focus in me. He was building an identity in me of what I was gonna inherit someday. So like this scared little girl was being called by the king to walk on his arm. Like that's what he would do is he would put a crown on my head in this vision and I would be walking on his arm dressed in royalty. And it just cracked open my box of what I thought life was. It was like, whoa, you know, like nothing I felt felt that way, but like in the spirit, I felt like, you know, his chosen, and that was actually lining up with scripture. And it was painting a picture for me that was like filling me with awe and wonder and making my heart glorify him. And so that was a huge like beginning space. And I was just a kid. Like, that's what I mean when he was just pursuing me. Right. Nobody had ever taught me, you know, sure. he'll, he'll speak to you that way, yeah. but that was happening. So just, I, this is such an important point of clarity. Um, this word of God is the supreme source of uh, his truth to us. And when we talk about hearing God's voice, what we mean is that he's going to take his word 
and then make it alive in real-time moments. And in this particular instance, you're like going through some hardship and chaos in these young formative years. But his word says, I'm a chosen race and a royal priesthood. That's right. But I hadn't studied that scripture. That's right. So he's taking yeah. the truth of his word and then giving a young girl a picture yeah. of what is true from the Bible mm-hmm. and making it alive and giving her comfort yeah. for the days ahead or giving her strength for the days ahead. You understand what we're talking about here. This is why I think it's important because we're not saying that God's coming to add words to the scripture. Um, what we're saying is that he's going to take the word of God through visions and dreams and through his impressions and make it alive. So Transform our heart and, and yeah, it's it's... Like nowhere in Galatians does it says, Megan, you have a crown on your head and you're walking with, it's like, but it it did line up. And then, I mean, there's been countless, I couldn't even pick. Um, But I wanted to say too, like our church is full of these stories. Um, It's been awesome. Like Josiah, our drummer, um, I'll let him share like the specifics of the big news, but his wife literally had a a prophetic dream about the baby that they were going to have the gender and the name. And they just found out that it is what they thought, I won't say it, I'm trying so hard not to, and that they're gonna name their baby that name. And it's like, wow, you know, like some people might go, that's bad pizza. And I'm going, no, like that's, that's the Holy Spirit. He's like building faith in them. And that's, that child is gonna walk with this testimony of the, the Lord poured out revelation about me when I was in my mother's womb. Like Psalm 139 says, he knows your unformed substance, he sees you. And then um, my uh my youngest daughter, um, I remember um, we're talking about God breaking open paradigms that are um, beyond what we're experiencing in the natural. I remember in COVID, um, she was, let's see, how old was she in 2020? This is three years ago. Yeah. So nine. nine. Um, she was experiencing some fear and she had this dream and she and the culture in our house is we share our dreams because we believe God speaks in dreams sometimes, not all the time, but I'll get to that in a little bit too. Um, but she came to me and she said, mom, I had a dream and I want to share it with you. And But she, she had been experiencing fear because what she was picking up on from the news and the media was, you know, life feels really scary right now. All of us felt it. Like if you turn on the news or heard anything at all, it was like, you know, the world is ending death, famine, all the, all the things, fear. Um, and But she had this dream, and I'm very like telling a very short version of it, but that she saw Jesus in her dream and he was bringing her multiple birthday cakes. And she was like, what does that mean? And I was, and immediately in my spirit, I felt like the Lord said, she has years and years and years ahead of her. Tell her, I've got, I see all the years ahead of you and I'm going to give you like, you're not gonna die, like you're okay, you know? And it was just like, oh, thank you, God, that you're painting that picture of your faithfulness to my child and in a way that I can encourage her and like call her out of her fear. Like that was his words, his, it was so beautiful. I'll never forget it. Um, Yesterday, I was with my best friend in the hospital. Her mom actually had a heart attack yesterday morning, but she was sitting there in tears telling me, Megan, she's like, I woke up before I even opened my eyes I was just like, I felt God's presence over me and I heard his voice in my mind um, and I saw a picture of my parents and, and I just felt a burden for them and I just said, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. And she opened her eyes and 10 minutes later, her dad called and said her mom was on an ambulance on the way with a heart attack. But guess what he did? He was merciful. Her mom got a stent and she's okay and she's going home today. And the Lord put a prayer in her that he meant to fulfill. And I'm like, how intimate is that? Where he's going, here, like, it's just stunning. I could go on and on and on, but like, that's, 
in real time moments, yeah. truly, like that's what he does. He's not this, like I've, I grew up hearing country songs about the man upstairs or whatever, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, he's not just like a casual, like off in the distance, um, um, passive father figure somewhere out there, like going, looking down on us sometime, like he's in our midst and he's in our details, so. That's the point. And I think that that is actually the point of, reaching into the scripture on this particular issue is to go from God distant to the one who's now here, present, his spirit, spirit of Jesus, spirit of the Father, here, and he's ready to reveal and speak and to take his word, make it alive. You've talked about uh, some, uh, some things, just very specific ways, and they've been awesome. Uh, I'd love to just to hear even just some more about like, like everyday moments where you're just like, the Lord is speaking something or I, I need to hear something. I need, again, going back to James, I need wisdom. Or I would love just to hear maybe a, a, some of those kinds of things like in very real time. Just Yeah, um, I mean, there's like uh, the, the stories I shared with you are some of the highlights and, and there's a lot of those that God has been faithful to give. And then most of the times though, just like in scripture, it's like you hear these highlight moments of like the disciples and how they worked. You hear like some of their like highlight moments, but you don't hear like all the details of their day to day. And, but most of the time, that's what it is. So like even yesterday, um, because, because I know the father's heart, I know that in a good father, he, um, he encourages, he um, admonishes, he edifies, he teaches, he corrects, like he does all of it. That's what a good father does. And I know that's who he is. And so yesterday I was hearing him speak to me, but he was speaking a word of correction <laughs> and he doesn't speak to me harshly. He, our relationship is um, solid. And so like, honestly, um, when I feel the most safest, like my uh, personality is a little more playful and I feel like the Lord speaks to me that way. Like even yesterday, he was kind of nudging on something. Um, I, I came up to a street, I was driving back from the hospital and there was this um, little church with a steeple and it was on a street called Riverview out in Columbia. And he like, I don't know, something just made me go like the season I'm in with New River and our little church. And and then I came up to this um, street that I was, it was a one way and the, it said divided street. And I won't share the details of why he needed to speak that over me, but I came to the stop sign and he was just like, Megan, this area where your heart's been divided, there's only one way to go and you need to make a left. And I was like, oh, shoot, you know, like... <laughs> You're right, Lord, you know? And because I'm not scared of him, I'm not like cowering going, oh, he's about to smite me. It's like, he just loves me enough to be in my details and go like, hey, I want you walking in total freedom. And that means in this area that I'm, you and I, only he and I know, you need to make a, a hard left. And I was like, yeah, that's right, Lord. I don't want a divided heart. I don't, you know? But that wasn't me opening to Second Corinthians 2 and going, on this street, it says I will, pass. you know? Like it was just in real time, him shepherding me. And um, I don't want to be without that anymore. Like it's if if it's if it's opening my eyes up to the on wonder, like his his creation speaks. You know, we can stand in front of the oceans or the mountains and just be filled with on wonder and just want to like dance or sing or just like pour out our hearts. Or we can be in our car and and he's like, or I can be in my laundry room and um, holding my kids' clothes, you know, and like praying over them as I do their clothes instead of like grumbling, complaining that I'm doing laundry, you know, like it can just be the little most mundane moments and. Um, and I think that's where the glory is, like is those m moments with him walking day by day. Um.
yeah. I, I, just it's, it's it's interesting. Just as you say that, I think the easiest thing in the world is to be uh, frustrated by the mundane moments of life. And there's what I think you're describing is the invitation for God to come into the mundane, right? The ten thousandth time you've had been on you're on the drive into work, right? Or the whatever it just feels like the thing that's wrote and that you just do over and over, there's opportunity to invite the Lord into that. Yeah, because I think about what I would feel like if I felt like he never said anything to me. It's like, what kind of relationship is that, you know? Like, what kind of relationship is it where you don't ever talk back and forth to each other? Like, our relationship with him isn't just us talking to him and it's not just us talking to him. It's like this dialogue. It's not a monologue. It's a dialogue. And um, now I will say too, like these are examples where in my brain, like that's very prophetically wired. I'm hearing like phrases and like seeing pictures and I'm translating that into truth for the moment in real time. But like oftentimes another thing that he'll do is he'll just give me an overwhelming sense of peace. Like it's kind of like what Michelle was talking about when she was reading in um, Chronicles. It's like, the word came alive to her all through the week where she just noticed his faithfulness. And like, I have friends who are not wired like me who don't see, um, you know, as many dreams or visions or pictures or whatever. And that's just as legit and just as holy. Um, It doesn't have to be all mystical to be the voice of God. And so like um, Lexi, our children's director, we've had a lot of conversations about this. The way that she naturally hears the Lord is like just this quick discernment and the Lord will fill her with a knowing and this impression and she'll just like walk in it. And that's just as legit. So like the Lord will just speak in all different ways. And it's just important to know that he is speaking. Like I think what I hope for everyone I care about, including our church family and my brothers and sisters, is that we just know that he wants to speak. Um, In fact, can I just read through, I'm gonna take 30 seconds and read through these scriptures. Do it. To make it legit. Um, Isaiah 30, 21, and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you. I will let you, I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. I want that so much in my life. Psalm uh, 29.3, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory of God thunders the Lord over many waters. Psalm 85.8, let me hear what God will speak for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, but not let them turn to folly. Like that's kind of what he was doing with me yesterday, not letting me turn to folly. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's your word. And I just feel like the Lord is like beyond. It's not just his, the Bible he's talking about, like, his word is more than that. He spoke us into creation. Like, um, so uh, Mark 4, 24, he said to them, pay attention what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added. And I'm gonna keep blitzing because I think this is so important to have this. John 8, 47, whoever is of God hears God's words. The reason why you do not hear him is that you are not of God. That puts it pretty bluntly. Um, John 8, 47, no, I just read that. Uh, John 5, 30, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of God who sent me. John 10, and the sheep uh, that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock with one shepherd. We've talked about John 10, 10 already, and this is one of my favorites, John 14, 26, the helper, the Holy Spirit, 
whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. And that phrase, bring to your remembrance, he's just done that so many countless times with me where I'm like, who is this God that like the truth that I've stored up in my heart, like in a real moment, he'll bring it back. Like that's not just me remembering every single thing I've ever read. Like the Holy Spirit is there remembering, uh, teaching me and reminding me. Um, and then I have a whole long list. Uh, it would take like five minutes to read through all of those, but yeah. the point is it's in the Word. <laughs> yeah. He does speak. He's so speaking. The, the Word of God is pulling us, speaking to us, declaring to us. We were meant to be a people who are inclining our ear. You'll hear that phrase. We incline our ear to hear the heart of the Father. Yeah. So, uh, so let's get the weird thing out there and talk about dreams and visions. Yes. So, so juicy. In, in, uh, in Everybody Acts wants two. to talk Everybody's about like, the weird huh, dreams. Huh, so funny. <laughs> um, so, so thankful we're at church. We talk about the weird things. Um, and, it is and, weird. And it's, it's weird and, yeah. and glorious. Yeah, That's what it is. It is. Acts 2 um, reminds us of a prophetic promise that in the last days or it in the church age after Jesus would come or after the Messiah comes, Spirit is, the Holy Spirit of God is going to be released upon the church. And what it says is men and women, young and old, you're going to dream dreams. You're going to see visions. You will prophesy. It's a, again, scary word. Um, and we did, by the way, uh, I think like a year ago, we did a series of like a five-part series on the five-fold ministry that Megan just described. So Prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, um, and apostles. And so, um, so if you're interested in learning more about that, you can go back and listen to that as well. Um, so the Spirit is going to be released on the church, and we're going to receive dreams and visions and, and prophetic inclinations or insights into his heart. And that's going to be a gift and a sign of the empowerment of the church. And so, would you just share a little bit about your experience with dreams? Yeah. Um, maybe even how you became to know, like, okay, this is from the Lord. And, mm-hmm. I'll uh, go maybe, quick, because we've only got a few minutes left. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, so, I, I, I don't want to miss this, because um, I, I think we are seeing an increase, like, people, even friends I have um, who would never have claimed to hear the Lord speak to them that way are suddenly, like, Hearing and and Acts does say that in the last days he will start pouring it out. Now I'm not claiming like that we're in the very final last days, but we do know that things are just like increasing in intensity and like um, his hearing his voice is becoming so much. Like I I want us as a church to be so confident in this so that when um, you know it we do get in a in a tough spot, it's like that encouragement is just open over us. Um, because the word says that we're to be servant leaders equipping the saints and we're to know our identity. And so part of God's equipping that he does is speaking to us in ways that are outside of our paradigm. And I would definitely put dreams in that category. And I would say that every prophetic um, inclination, whether it's a dream, it's a vision, it's an impression, it's a word, like any of that is supposed to be approached with the word of God is the authority and such a healthy reverence and fear of the Lord and not an attitude of arrogance or pride. And I think that that's one of the things that the church has really gotten wrong in some contexts is, you know, um, like, honestly, it drives me a little crazy when somebody's like, the Lord told me this. And it's like, okay, huh. 
you know, maybe he, maybe he did. Like, I'm, you know, honestly, I've seen fruit in your life that he speaks to you, but, but, but posture it in a way that it's like, hey, I think there's something, because the word says I, we see in part and we prophesy in part, we don't wanna just be blasting away because ultimately what, what that spirit does is it, that spirit of arrogance, it points the, um, the revelation back on us and not back on the Lord. And so I just think there is a reverence that's to be had in, in, in situations like these where you're like, you know, I believe the Lord might be speaking this. Would you take this to him and see what he has to say? Like, let him fill in the blanks because we wanna be servant leaders helping equip. We're not trying to go, hey, it's the Megan show. I had the stream. Look, it's so amazing what, what the Lord did through me. We wanna be pointing to his kingdom and not our own kingdoms. Um, and so that's just so important. Posture ourselves humbly and don't exaggerate what God is saying. Like he will speak the word that he wants to say. We don't have to like fluff it or... We just, it doesn't need anything else besides what he actually said. Um, and so, yeah, prophecy though, it builds the church and it sharpens and aligns us with truth. It's not, it's not meant for the purpose of, you know, creating little celebrities, but it is meant for the purpose of sh- opening our eyes up to the kingdom. And if it's done well, it, that's exactly what it does. It sharpens and aligns us. And so um, I just would say like, Confidence, knowing our identity, that God wants to speak to us. We're his children. He, nothing's outside of, nothing. with God, all things are possible, Matthew 19, 26. He will do it all, but also humility and reverence where it's like not every single dream is from the Lord. Ecclesiastes even like says it in a way that's always made me laugh because it feels so blunt, but it's like <laughs> kind of almost like I hear it in a sarcastic tone. Maybe that's not the, the way it was written, but it's like, um, too many dreams is foolishness and vanity. Like people who go around saying like, God spoke this to me and God spoke that to me. It's like every single night, it's like, okay, I don't think so. Like maybe there is like a heightened gift in your life where that's happening, but it's not every single night. Come on now, you know, like God just, so it's, it's but we are to like filter. Um, part of being able to filter that is knowing what his voice sounds like versus what our flesh sounds like. And for me, I've become acclimated to when I know that it's just my brain swirling around with things. And then when he's calling me up higher into something that just expands my view of the kingdom. Um, so that's a very crash course. I could talk on that for like a long time because I'm and, and very we, passionate. We might have you do that at some point or even just do maybe a class or something on that just because I think it's important for us to, again, be inclining our ear. I appreciate And again, uh, confidence in the Lord and humility. Just the key, key principles. We don't ever come blasting away saying, uh, thus saith the Lord. All right, we don't operate that way. And anymore. I wanna say like people who have said that, they may, they may be right. But I just personally, my conviction is approach it with humble, like a humble heart. Like, oh, like, you know, I want to represent his heart well, and I want you to point to, I want to point to him. It's not about me getting this fantastic word that's going to dazzle you, you know? So anyways, that's Good. just, yeah, Absolutely. Conviction. And I shared a couple of examples last Sunday, just of, of ways we were trying to listen to the voice of the Lord. He gave us some pictures or, you will, visions or pictures or ideas or impressions and, uh, and it, those were, they helped lead us towards meaningful ministry, uh, meaningful encounters with God, meaningful encounters with other people that he wanted to minister to and speak to. So um, again, our hands are open on that just with humility. Um, I, I want to ask, because I know we only have about five minutes left, but what would you say to someone who's, okay, um, this is a brand new concept to me. I want to be one who hears the voice of the Lord. I feel, you know, I don't feel totally confident in that. Mm-hmm. How can I grow in confidence that I'm discerning? It's the voice of the Lord, not my own or not the enemy, certainly. Yeah. That kind of- I would just say, 
Open your Bible up and know it. Like, read it, know it. Um, the more we know God's character, the easier it is to hear Him speak. Because um, the more we know about Him, the more it translates into this like hunger. And, you know, all of a sudden you'll find yourself like with your heart burning and you're like, why is my heart like burning at this word? Like it didn't even seem like that big of a deal. A deal. And it's like the spirit is there like highlighting something. So like just opening the word up, knowing his character first. And then as our hearts come under that revelation of, oh my gosh, this God is so, you know, like I'm an awe and wonder. Then we start to let him speak to us about our identity, which is, his sheep, that hear his voice, we're his kids. He wants to speak to us. He wants to have a vibrant relationship with us. He's not distant. Um, and then be empowered in humble confidence. Be empowered knowing he wants to speak through you. He wants to speak to, well, he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak through you for other people as well. But humbled under the weight of, oh, he rescued me, but also empowered knowing like, I'm like my father in the fact that I have words, you know, to speak. And then I would um, say, have confidence in your relationship with God because he wants to speak to you. Keith touched on this at the beginning, but like, it's not just for some people. Um, the word wouldn't call us to eagerly prophesy or eagerly like lean in and listen if it weren't for everyone. There may be people who are wired prophetically or more as a teacher or more as a um, evangelist, but like, we're all supposed to eagerly desire these things. And so um, he's not gonna dangle a carrot in front of us and then rip it away. It's just not in his character. And then I would say, um, deal with unbelief. Let your heart be filled with expectation that He wants to speak. So if, if you know, I'm saying these things and you're kind of like, okay, sure. <laughs> okay, you know, like deal with that. Like wrestle with the Lord about it and just see what He would say because He will speak. He, he will confirm or um, deny what the lies are. He will confirm what the truth is. So wrestle with the, like enter into that with the Lord because it's the enemy that would say that you need to perform some way or be someone else to have the right or privilege to hear God speak. It's the enemy that would say that. Say that again. Yeah. It's the enemy that would say you need to perform some way to earn God's love um, in His voice or to, to be someone else to have the right and privilege to hear God speak instead of just being a son or daughter. That's that Because that's all that, like I, at eight, when he was giving me these visions, I wasn't performing or earning any of that. He was just, I love you. Um, it's about to get rough. And here's what I want you to know ahead of time. And that's what he did for me because he, he's so kind. Um, and then I would say, posture yourself to hear him. Um, I think it was Habakkuk who like, um, wasn't it Habakkuk who like climbed up on the wall and like uh, got quiet and like listened for the Lord. Like in the natural, we posture ourselves sometimes to hear. Um, sometimes his voice just breaks through. I would also say, um, posture yourself in the spirit by dealing with that unbelief, posture, posture yourself in the natural. But then I would also say, um, recognize that God's voice isn't gonna blast away like the world. So the world is the one that exaggerates, screams loud, um, confuses, like swirls up chaos and confusion. And the, the voice of the Lord is still and quiet and it's peaceful. It doesn't have to perform. It just can be what it is. And sometimes the voice, voice of the Lord is loud, but like we don't have to, he doesn't have to exaggerate who he is. Like he, he's, yeah, I, I couldn't like love say that something. anymore. <laughs> the voice of the Lord is not, have, doesn't have to perform. Mm -hmm. I love that. I couldn't, as a, a great concise way, God's not, doesn't have to perform because he's the king of the universe. So he's just ready to come and speak his goodness from a quiet place. And love the, we know the scripture where, you know, uh, there's a, the earthquake and the fire, the wind and the fire, and then, and then the whisper, and God's voice is in the whisper. And I think that is inclining us to be like, are we willing to posture ourselves? 
by one, killing unbelief, asking God to take unbelief down, but two, saying, okay, I'm gonna open my hands up. Lord, I need wisdom. I need understanding. I'm believing this, or I've got a lie that's going on in me, or whatever it is, and I need you to speak to it. So um, I, I, we're always out of time, always um, runs quick, but I do, I want you to just be able to pray over us just to receive and hear. You guys stand. And let's just, uh, if, if you feel comfortable, you just open your hands to just receive from the Lord. You don't have to do that. There's nothing magical about that. But again, we love to posture ourselves to just receive the goodness of the Lord, receive from him, and to let go of anything we need, might need to. I'm gonna have Megan pray over us. Father, um, I'm so thankful for your voice in my life. I'm so thankful for your words over each individual here. Um, Father, I pray that you would come over each one with the remembrance that you knew their unformed substance in the womb. You saw them before they were even born. You were crafting them on purpose, um, loving them, treasuring them, and bringing them forth on the, to walk this earth with you in this hour. And that is our reality in you. And I pray that you would by your spirit, open our ears, open our eyes, incline us towards you, God. Teach us to trace the trail of your faithfulness, Lord. If we haven't spent time um, doing that, Father, I pray that you would well up a desire in us to look back and see the ways that you've been faithful and recount things you've been speaking, promises you've been declaring, um, things that line up with your word and exalt your kingdom and exalt who you are. Father, I pray that would fall over every single one. And I just rebuke unbelief in Jesus' name. I, I ask that the enemy's lies would, would fall dead to the ground, especially shame or fear saying, that's not for me. Lord, would you just cast that uh, to the depths of the sea and, um, and come over each one of your beloved son and your beloved daughter and say, um, I wanna speak to you. I'm right here with you. I'm not far away. I'm right here in your details. I'm right here in your midst. And I wanna instruct you. I wanna teach you. I wanna um, encourage you. I wanna empower you. I wanna um, teach, like just be with you, be with you. And that's who you are. You're a God that loves to spend time with your kids. You're not distant. You're not far off. You're not um, aloof. You're not um, harsh or um, you're, you're just so kind and it, your kindness to us in our real-time relationship with you leads us to that place where we just wanna operate in humility and awe and reverence and confidence in the kingdom and step out and stir up the church. And Father, I do pray that we would be a church marked with, we believe, we've seen, and there's even greater things yet to be seen and greater things yet to um, have our eyes open to and our ears open to. And I pray that you would mark us with that, that we would walk forward with total confidence in what the Word says and who you are, what your character's like, and be able to um, listen and know that your voice is available to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, we're gonna have some prayer partners. We'd love to pray with you. If you're just asking the Lord for a partnership to hear His voice or really anything going on in your world, we're gonna be here to pray with you. We're just gonna cover us as we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord, make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, who is our Savior and King, we pray. Amen. Bless these guys. Love you. See you. Prayer partners down front.